0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. When I was uh, told I had to preach uh, that you were having this series called The Beat, my heart skipped a beat because I realized that we were really going to connect with the heartbeat of God. I know last week it started with Genesis, the creation of man and woman in the image of God, and how God created us for a purpose to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. But all of us know the story, man sabotaged that opportunity because of sin and the fall. But Jesus came to restore and bring back that relationship. And after walking on the face of the earth for three years and discipling a group of men and others, by the time he got ready to leave the earth, he once again brought back the mission for why we all exist. And that is what I'm going to talk to you this afternoon about, our mission, which is really found in the Great Commission. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for once again calling us with a mission to go into all the earth and make disciples. And God, today as we look into our role and responsibility in our mission, will you speak to us this afternoon? God, will you ignite something in every heart that as we leave this place, O Father, God, we will once again be assured of the call on every life. We invite You, Holy Spirit to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in these three verses, it really captures the heart of God, the vision and the mandate that God gave the church to go and make disciples. And as we look at our mission, I want to lay forth basically our role and responsibility in this great commission. What are we called to do? How are we going to play a part in what God has called us to do? Because I really believe that there's a call on every life here. There's nobody excluded. The moment we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are part of God's mission. And whether we know it or not, every single person has a mission. You have a mission, and wherever you are, that's your mission field. Whether that be your home, whether that be your workplace, whether that be your campus, whether it's this city, whether it's any city of the world, that becomes our mission field. Now, I was born and raised in a small town in India called Allahabad. It's very significant for the Hindus. And when I was growing up, my world consisted of my mom, my dad and my elder brother and then me. And then after a couple of years, that got shattered or a little displaced because another younger brother came along. So we were three brothers and now the world got a little altered. And then as time progressed, I was sent to school and there were 60 other boys. At that time, they were bigger than me till I began to shoot up and become tall. But ever since, my worldview kept getting altered. But having grown up in India in a small town... Most times I felt very insecure. I felt, God, why was I not born in this nation or that family or this? And I had all of these questions that you know I had to grapple with. Till almost 26 years ago, I met Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. And suddenly I felt I had meaning and purpose and mission in life. That encounter really began to change the course of my life. And I didn't, for a moment after that, regret where I was born or my family or anything because in Acts 17, 26, the scripture says, from one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. That's interesting. God has set everything according to his perfect order. Now, if some of us choose to travel or migrate, that's also according to the purpose of God because God will use you wherever he sends you. That's our God. He's always ready to work in and through us. Our mission and our mandate is very simple, to make Jesus known to proclaim the gospel wherever he sends us. When God called us back to India in 2002, to be very honest with you, I was gripped with fear. One is because I was Indian, so having a call back to the nation, while it all sounds very interesting and nice, the first thought that came to me, God, why are you sending me back to India? First of all, there are a billion people to contend with. And not only that, then there are 330 million gods that's true. I don't know if there are that many people in the Philippines. We have more gods in India than people in many nations. 330 million is the recorded number in Hinduism. So I thought, God, this is a daunting task. It's great to think about missions, but God, why me? Couldn't you find another Indian? I mean, there's so many of them. Obviously, you you love them so many. There's over a billion of them, but why me? I don't know if ever you have that thought when something comes to you and God's calling you to do something why me God what about that one but the fact is God called us and he wants to do something through us so when I'm reminded about that we have a mission I want to tell you this afternoon how we can fulfill this mission because if you have a mission then you don't want to leave it half done you want to fulfill the mission Now let me tell you, anything that I'm saying is nothing I made up. I learnt it in this family. I've been part of Every Nation family and I saw that clip, oh you're celebrating 20 years as a congregation in Alabang. That's how long I've been part of Every Nation, 20 years. I became part of this ministry in Dubai when we worked corporate jobs there in 1997 or 98, around that time, Pastor Ruel and Phelps were the senior pastors there, and we served along with them for almost nine years when we lived there. In 2002, we came here for this conference. And you know, as every nation, people are always praying, go to the nations, send us to the nations and all of that. There's always that no pressure. However, God answers prayers, right? <laughs> so faith and all of that. And then we were the answer to many years of prayers that probably happened here in Manila. So we were Iqbalod to our country. Uh, I thought that was a Filipino word, but I think so. (laughs) No, we were not Iqbalod. We were sent graciously. We were not kicked out, Okay, Isn't it that that means kicked out? No, we were not. (laughs) We were very graciously, lovingly sent. But the fact was, when we went to our nation, I had to understand, Okay, God, what's my mission? Now when the Great Commission was given to, who was it given? To the church. And who was the church? Disciples. Jesus called them together, the disciples, and then he gives them this commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So the first thing when we have a mission, the first way to accomplish that is to be a disciple. Be a disciple. A disciple is very simply a follower of Jesus somebody who has committed their lives and now follows Jesus. I like the way the Apostle Paul put it in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. It's the grace of God. The grace of God. By God's grace, we are in a relationship by him. By God's grace, through faith, we are saved. And Paul recognized that, says it's the gift that he received. Not only that, when you have a call, who was the great commission given to? It was given to the church. So Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 3.10, his intent was that now through the church, through all of us, The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So we are a church on a mission, with a mission. Now the first thing I had to understand and come to terms with when we went back to India was something I had grappled with as a child, you know, the insecurities. So now, several years later, I'm called back to the nation and the first thing I had to remind myself is, Kevin, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Because what we are ashamed of, we will never speak about. What we are ashamed of, we will never speak about. That's why when there's shame, when we sin, we don't want to confess it. We are ashamed. And I had to remind myself, if I am going to fulfill the mission that God has for me, the first thing is I should not be ashamed of the gospel. That's what Paul wrote in Romans 1.16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For in the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. In the gospel is salvation, and I cannot be ashamed of the gospel. You know, we have reached many, many Hindu students for Christ. This is a picture of a young girl being discipled on the left. Her name is Anjali, this is my wife, having her small group, what you call victory group. And this young girl got saved, went through a lot of persecution in her family, but decided she wanted to live for Jesus. And then she started to reach out and she reached out to her sister. This is her younger sister. And two weeks ago, Neha, Neha is the younger sister. Neha came to me and we were having baptism. She said, Pastor Kevin, I want to be baptized. I said, great Neha, I'd love to baptize you. How old are you? She says, I'll be 18 in a month. When I said, I'm very sorry, you'll have to wait Probably another three months because of security reasons and concerns in India. We do not baptize people who are under 18. We wait for them to become adults and then they have to sign certain declarations and all because of security and government pressure and reasons. I wish we were as free as it is in the Philippines, but we are not. However, we still have a mission, and Anjali is now reaching so many students on her college campus. Being a disciple, living for Jesus, proclaiming Jesus wherever she goes. In Acts thirteen forty seven, the word of God says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Our call, your call is not just here in the Philippines. My call is not just in India, it's to the ends of the earth. Jesus made us a light. And I really want to commend you Commend victory and every nation here in the Philippines. I know no other people and no other church who have done missions the way you have. You have literally touched the world. You have sent out missionaries. I know so many of them personally, all across the globe. And I say thank you. From all of my heart, I say thank you for answering the call, for doing what you do so well. Thank you so much. When we went out to plant the church in India, we had Filipino missionaries along with us. I'm so grateful to them. Short term, some came little longer, some came shorter. From Pastor Rico Ricofort, Richard and Rita, we had Miss Mary Malinao. We've had so many 10-day teams come and serve and help us in what God called us to do. We are indebted and we are so thankful for the leadership of Pastor Ariel and so many of the leaders here in the Philippines, the way you serve the nations of the world. Thank you. It's amazing what you guys do. The second thing of how can we fulfill our mission is we've got to be faithful in the little things. You know, sometimes when we get a call, we get vision overload or we just see the big picture and sometimes we see the big picture and we get so scared like me, Instead of looking at our God who created the billions of people, I'm looking at the one billion in India and getting paranoid. So we just had to shift. We had to look at God. But as we look even at the big picture, but we start looking at the small picture. Sometimes you may feel, but what can I do? Believe me, there's many, many things you can do. Because there's a call on your life, whether you realize it or not, you may not have the title of a pastor or this or that. That's not needed. We all have a mission and we are all called to make Jesus Christ known. That's the primary mission, to make him known, to preach the gospel, to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel. I love what Pastor Ariel said, a demonstration of the gospel is giving one ambulance or maybe two to the city. Praise God. We can demonstrate what God is doing in so many different ways. So I had to find out what are the little things we can do. The first thing I had to remind, I said, I must read my Bible every day. I must learn to hear from God. We can all read our Bibles. Stay in the Word. Mission will increase if you stay in the Word. The second small little thing we need to be faithfully doing is praying. I know in here you all have prayed for nations. That's why we are now in so many nations, particularly Filipino missionaries. It came at a cost, at a price, praying for years. But God is faithful. You've prayed for the nations, you get nations. So we pray. We pray for missionaries. We pray for nations. What else can you do? Another small thing you can do is to share your faith. Be active in sharing your faith. Wherever you go, everyone can share what Jesus has done for us. All of us. What else can we do? You can give and you can go. I thank you for even giving to missions, because that's how missions increase. We have a participation when we give and when we go. But one more thing you can we can all do intentionally is that we can love intentionally. Right. We must love intentionally. Some of you probably have heard about Mother Teresa. Now she's passed away. She had a call to Calcutta, came there as a nun, as a Catholic nun began to love the destitute people of Calcutta. People who nobody would touch. She would pick them up. Children, destitute people and love them. And God used her tremendously in that city. If we want to do missions, we must not be moved by a mission statement. We must be moved by the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. Not a mission statement our mission statement comes out of the very heart of God but Paul said Christ's love compels me Christ's love compels us because we were convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again that's our mission to live for Jesus I encourage everybody in this church think beyond yourself for a minute live for Jesus that's a life worth living Jesus is worth us giving our all for love should be the motivating factor of doing what we are called to do and lastly how do we fulfill our mission how do we fulfill our mission All of us know what Matthew 28 says. How do we fulfill our missions? It's found here, right here in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's the call. You know, I saw on your your announcements, you're having a making disciples class. That's fulfilling our mission. The third one is, Make disciples. Make disciples of all nations. That's the call. Not just here in the Philippines, but all nations. God died for all nations, all people. He died for everybody. He didn't die for a religion. He died for whoever would believe in him. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So love the world. Our call to fulfill the mission that God has given us is to make disciples. And I'm sure all of you are already doing that. But look for more ways. I believe there are more people in your office, in your campus, in your neighborhood that still need to know about Jesus. I don't believe all Philippines is saved yet. India is definitely not saved. So the harvest is still plentiful and lots needs to be done. Now I want to end with this story about sharing with you how we did it in India. This picture is the making of a disciple. The guy in the black shirt here with the long hair, I shared the gospel to him almost 10 years, more than 10 years ago on a college campus. He got saved. The next day he invited his friend next to him who's in the green t-shirt. That guy is from Manipur, a small town in India where it's all tribes and his family is the head of a tribe. And he's the only son, so he's the next head of that tribe. So strategic. I shared the gospel to this young man. He was probably 18 years old then. Subsequently, I baptized him. He was baptized. Some of you know him. You've probably met him if you came from the Alabang church uh, to India. Then we start taking these young guys, students, and exposing them to missions. Unfortunately, the team that came from India is not at this service, but this young man in the black T-shirt in the middle, he's our campus director. His name is Apollo. And this picture was taken in Pune many, many years before we planted the church in Pune. Started taking these young people on missions. And using the guy we baptized was also there, standing here at the back. Now Asing is preaching in Pune. He's one of our key leaders in Pune. Can you imagine? Can you just see that picture? (laughs) Disciples are not made in a day. Discipleship is a process. You keep working and working and, you know, pouring your life. And before long, you will see God doing incredible and amazing things through those we are pouring and investing our lives into. I believe there's a call on this church and you people to invest your lives into making disciples, to invest your lives into another life. So if we want to fulfill our mission, it's very, very simple. First is to be a disciple. Be a disciple, be a follower of Jesus Christ. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you turn away from your sins and trust what Jesus did on the cross, we come into relationship with Him. Then we allow ourselves to be discipled, allow others to speak into your life, to mentor you, to disciple you. Start beginning to be faithful in the little things. You're one to one, read your word, be faithful in prayer, faithful in giving. And you get an opportunity to sow, sow. So. And then it doesn't stop there. We produce who we are. Only disciples make disciples. So if you're a disciple, then finally obey the command. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching to obey, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. I believe if we do that, we honor God, but we also fulfill our mission. I pray that the Holy Spirit will open new avenues and new doors for you to proclaim and to demonstrate the power of the gospel because only in the gospel is there life in Jesus let's pray father we thank you i thank you that this afternoon our heart can beat with yours lord whether that be a quickening the beat of our heart but lord i pray that you will begin to move in the midst of us lord that you will increase and enhance our vision lord there are many nations that still need to be reached There are many people that still need to hear you. God, I pray even out of this church and out of this nation as you've sent so many missionaries, but you're not done yet, oh God. I believe you're raising up another generation. God, that you're calling us to look around us. God, our mission field sometimes be just around us. I pray that you would open our hearts and our ears and our eyes this afternoon to see all those God you are bringing into our sphere of influence Lord will you cause us to love them with the love of Jesus and will you cause us to share the love of Jesus to all those around us thank you for this people, thank you for this church bless each one in Jesus name Amen.